We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. So this is the biggest card we've ever done. I mean, if you look at the main card, three title fights and the rest of the card, then you look at the just the prelims. Are the, are, are the best prelims we've ever done, the best fight, all-around fight card ever in UFC history. You know, I feel Eddie... I've nothing against... Careful, him. be careful. I've nothing against Edward. Oh, whoa, oh, whoa. Careful. What you gonna do? Oh, whoa. You gonna do something over there? Be careful. Shut your mouth. I run New York. I run this whole... Predicts, I'm gonna KO, KO you inside one round. His no, question is, why are you talking? talking That's his question. Why the f you up there talking? Say it like it is, you're blessed. You're blessed that I chose you. You're blessed that I chose to whoop your ass next. Say it like a is. You were the easiest opponent that made the most money. That's the truth. Come prove it. You were my easiest opponent that made it. the most money. Come prove That's it. why you were I picked. could buy and sell That's a whole you town. I could buy and sell you a whole boom town. Come prove it. He's gonna be he's gonna be shooting for his life. But it's a long 25 minutes in there. I can hit you from anywhere. And that's what's gonna happen to him. I'm, he's gonna be shooting, panic, and I'm gonna be hitting him from everywhere. Sooner or later, he's gonna fall. One of those elbows, one of those shots are gonna dig into that soft, sweet spot into the temple, and that's all she wrote. Two-way world champion, UFC history, New York, the Irish are back. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. This week's episode of The Corner is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. You know me and Andreas are always covering events, we're always writing articles, but when we do have time to sleep, we lay our head down on a nice, pillowy soft premium mattress from Casper Mattresses. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and going straight to you. No showrooms, no middleman. Everyone's seen those creepy guys trying to follow you around the department store. None of that anymore. You get your hands on a nice premium mattress by going straight to Casper Mattresses. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I got to get my rest. So Casper Mattresses is, is the goods. I'm telling you right now. So listen... You can get $50 off of any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's one word, the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner, promo code T H E C O R N E R. Terms and conditions apply. 
What's up, everybody? And a huge thank you to all the sponsors. Shout out to Casper Mattresses. Make sure you guys get on that and sleep well. Shout out to the Las Vegas Fight Shop and the Planet Hollywood Hotel and Casino. Bring you all the wrestling, boxing, and UFC merch that you need. Make sure you guys check in there when you come to Vegas. It's one of my favorite stores in the city. Home of the Corner Podcast. So shout out to them. I need to go re-up on some wrestling t-shirts this weekend because it was just announced that NXT is coming to Vegas and we are marking out tough. Got my Nakamura hands going. Um, But like you heard in the intro, it's Conor McGregor week. I'm here by myself because we have been super busy and swamped. Andre should be back either next week or the following week. And it's right in time for UFC 205. So our build-up to that is going to be amazing. He'll be here to review UFC 204 that people are forgetting about. Which, you know, it's Bisping versus Hendo. It would have been great in 07. We saw how that ended back in the day. Do we really need to see it in 2006? Yeah, probably not. But that's the headliner at 204. We'll be talking about that. Of course, all the wrestling pay-per-views. We get two a month now. NXT is building up to their Toronto card. So much stuff going on. Oh yeah, and there's boxing coming up. So we're going to be really busy on the show which is why we have to handle our stuff now. We all have stuff going on. The podcast is coming out on a Friday this week, so that should tell you how busy we are. But we can't leave you guys without a show. And next week, you guys are going to be helping us out with the show because it's Fan Appreciation Week, and I'm picking people. So if you get an email, a DM, any type of response, and it's from me, answer it. I'm not spamming you. It's not you know me trying to be like, yo, hit me up. Let's just talk on the side. No, it's for the show, and it means you have been selected to be on here. So I can't wait to chop it up with you guys. Thank you guys for listening, as always. Let's jump right into it. Conor McGregor is the man, right? I mean, what else can we say about it? Regardless of what he does in the octagon, regardless if he wins or loses, we've seen him take a loss now. Everyone's like, oh, it's the end of McGregor. It turns out he's not Rousey. He can bounce back from a loss. His mouth keeps on moving. He took that loss, he defended it, he won against Nate Diaz in the rematch, and now his trash talk is back on 100,000 trillion. It's like he never took the L. Eddie Alvarez was trying to go back and forth with him during that UFC 205 press conference, and Eddie was just wide-eyed. You can tell, like, man, he's never been in this moment. Sure, Eddie's a champion. He's the gritty, underdog, Philly, we all know the Rocky story. Cool. But he's never been in this atmosphere. He's never seen a McGregor weekend. And it just looked like, wow, this is what everyone talks about. We saw it with Jose Aldo. We saw how McGregor's mind games and trash talk and the stage got the best of Aldo. He did something that was completely uncharacteristic. He rushed Connor. He went there, arms flailing, and got knocked out in 13 seconds. Do I think it's going to happen to Eddie? No. Eddie will keep his composure. He's not the rush you type of guy. He goes in there. He wants to take it the distance every time he fights. He got a great knockout against RDA, but it's not what he does. He's a grinder, and he wants to grind the fight out against McGregor. The question is, will the spotlights, the hype, the sold-out arena, MSG, first card there, the Irish, the ole, 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 all that stuff. Will it get to him? Will it be too much? Will the moment be too big for him? And that's what Connors created, like the greats in every sport, the Mayweather effect. You look at Mike Tyson. They say, hey, people were beat before they even stepped into the ring against those guys. And that's what Connor is developing. Everything else is so massive and so gigantic. And for the first time, Eddie Alvarez has to do press appearances. And he has to do other stuff besides just train for the next six weeks. The fight week is completely different for Eddie. He snuck up and won this title on Fox Sports 1. It was a Thursday card. He didn't even win it on a Friday. He won it on a Thursday. No one was paying attention to that. Now he's on the brightest stage the UFC has ever offered. Can he pick it up? Can he deliver when all the lights are on him? So even if he's an equal fighter to Conor or a little bit better, the stage is what gets people. And to me, I looked at Eddie's eyes, and when they were doing the face-off, you just watch him. Go back and watch the... The recap, he's biting his lip the whole time. He's trying to be sassy and everything, but that lip bite and looking over the crowd, he was just like, man, I've never seen anything like this. 
he couldn't hide those emotions. That he just couldn't believe. He won the lottery. Like McGregor said, he won the lottery. It's red panty night for Alvarez. And he was just soaking it in. And it's just going to build and build and build. And Conor is built for this. As much as he's a great fighter in the octagon, he's a better trash talker and builder of the moment outside of it. So he crushes people with the ambiance of the fight. And that's something that we didn't see against Nate Diaz. One, Nate, by the time they had a full buildup, Nate had the upper hand. And in those 10 days, Nate doesn't give a fuck. Isn't that what Nate always says? And he truly doesn't. The Diaz boys don't care. So they're a different mold. That was the hardest pre-fight adjustment for Conor McGregor. With someone who doesn't care about the trash talk. Doesn't care about the hype. They just really want to smoke weed, get in there, and beat your face. And Conor really didn't know how to maneuver with that. So he had to buckle down and say, you know what? This is just going to be a fight. I'm not going to do press. I'm not going to do anything. It cost him UFC 200. UFC 202 really blew the roof off anyway, so it didn't matter. But Conor realized... You know what? I don't have to build a fight. I don't have to trash talk. I don't have to do all this stuff because it doesn't affect this man. What I only thing I can do is train harder because the only way I can beat him is in a legit fight. And he did that. Now, Eddie's back to the same old mold of fighter of you're not used to being here. You're a champion, but you're not a star. And that's not to say Eddie can't win. But after looking at that, I'm not counting out Conor McGregor. But coming full circle, once again... It's just me bringing you the show this week. I don't have any show script, anything. I'm just flying off the cuff. So it's like we're having a conversation together. Whatever pops into my mind, that's what we're going to talk about. Let's go over the whole card for UFC 205 because it really leaves me here asking, is the card too good? Like, is it too stacked? I understand UFC 200 kind of flopped. Um, you know, thanks John Jones and Brock Lesnar and all the drug testing. It's not going to hold up to the test of time. So 205 is that next iconic moment. This can be the topper for UFC 100. This could be the crown jewel of the UFC collection. So Dana went all out. But is really anyone going to buy UFC 204? No, who, you're going to go somewhere watch it for free. Buffalo Wild Wings. Something like that. Because 205 is so close, you're not going to buy both. And then the following month, we have another pay-per-view in Toronto. Who's going to buy that? The only thing that could save that is GSP at 206. And I'm still not sure if people want to see him fight, what, Nate Diaz maybe? Because he's not getting the title shot because we obviously have the title being defended on 205. So GSP, Nate Diaz, or GSP, Robbie Lawler, something like that is a non-title fight to headline the card. It's like, eh, okay. Womp, womp, womp. So they've gone all out for 205. We'll see how it affects the months before and after. We get the biggest test coming up here in a couple weeks with Bisping. We'll see those numbers. If they're under the 250K mark, the 200K mark, it's going to be rough. And I understand they live off a of gate when they go to uh, other countries and they just want to sell out there and get the foreign market and pack that stadium. Cool. So it'll, it'll help a little bit. But I, I just don't see how stacking 205 is going to be helpful in the long run for these cards. Uh, they have to pray for no injuries, one, to take away from this card, and then two, that everyone leaves healthy because you have a huge card coming up at the end of December, December 30th. It's a rumored Ronda Rousey card, and then we also have DC wanting to fight Rumble on that card. So there still needs to be some quality around that let alone coming back up into the first of the year. So November's a, a tough time to fight anyway. We saw that with Ronda last year, again, KO'd by home, and she never really found a good spot to come back. Granted, her jaw was broken, but still, she hasn't been back yet. So even, you know, it took Holly a while to get back, and then they fit her in finally to that Misha fight, and that was in February. So that three months is kind of needed. November's a, a really tough time to have all these people fight and all these, you know, either champions or number one contenders. 205 is stacked with these type of guys. So let's go up and down the card. Uh, from the bottom, Liz Carmouche is fighting uh, versus Caitlyn. I can't even pronounce Caitlyn's last name. Caitlyn's first fight, Liz Carmouche, I've seen 
all right, cool. This is a fight pass fight. They got that one right. Um, we'll go through fight pass headliner. Looks like it'll be Jim Miller versus Tiago Alves. Good fight. Quality. Jim Miller always puts on a show. Perfect for fight pass. Then we have Timbochi versus Rafael Natal kicking off the Fox Sports 1 card. That's good. The return to Misha Tate versus Rocky Pennington. Going to be a great fight. We'll see if Tate can bounce back. Tate really doesn't lose unless it's in championship-style fights um, or to championship, legit championship contenders. So she lost in one number one contenders match and two title fights to Rousey and then lost in a title fight, obviously, to drop her title to Nunes. So that's kind of Misha's M.O. She's very like Uriah Faber when it comes to that. It's like, do you really count against her if it's not a title fight or number one contenders fight? And to me, I find it hard to pick against her. We'll see how it goes in the months upcoming. Then we have middleweight, Tim Kennedy, the debut of Rashad Evans. I think Rashad Evans is washed, but dropping down a weight, new weight class, maybe he finds the fountain of youth. You really can't count out the FS1 desk either. Everyone got belts. There's just full of champions. Rashad might just, you know, catch that second wind. UFC is a weird place, man. People catch a second wind like a RDA, like a Robbie Lawler, and they just ride it out for like a year and a half and then make some money and then you're just like, okay, cool, and they might just fade into oblivion. You never know. So people hit a second wind or second stride at 32, 33, 34 years old. Um, so we'll have to wait and see on Rashad. Frankie Edgar versus Jeremy Stevens. I know who Jeremy Stevens is, even though Conor McGregor doesn't know who Jeremy Stevens is. If you guys haven't watched 205 Press Conference, do that after this. McGregor crushes him. And Stevens some, seems to think he's in line for a shot at the belt at 145 soon. And, or excuse me, at 155. And I just don't see it. But if he thinks that, more power to him. A win over Frankie Edgar would help. But I don't see Frankie falling. Frankie's at home. It's New York. This is the fight he's wanted. The biggie's going to drop. The crowd is going to go crazy amazing fight right here so i think frankie has a leg up we'll see how it goes hopefully no injuries like i said before uh khabib versus michael johnson it was added at that press conference this is great because michael johnson's coming off a huge win and khabib needs to prove that he can beat a top 10 opponent he was supposed to get ferguson and then injuries you know led to a replacement opponent he beat a guy who was making his ufc debut it was like whatever show us that you can remain healthy and that you can beat a top 10 opponent still after all the issues and surgeries that you've had. And then you get your title shot. So I have no problem with that. Uh, Khabib, once again, if he wants a stage, if he wants to go after McGregor after this, this is a perfect place for him to say, hey, this is who I am. This is why I'm dominant. And this is why I'm going to wreck Conor McGregor. And I don't pick many people to beat McGregor. Khabib is someone I think beats McGregor nine times out of 10. But he has to show that he can be healthy and that he's the same Khabib that he was before. The wrestling bears, you know, just real grinding type of style, just pummeling people in the corner. The guy that beat the hell out of RDA and made it look easy. That type of Khabib. I need to see that guy again. And if he's headlining the FS1 card, which it looks like he is, this is a perfect spot for him. After that, we bring up Cowboy Cerrone versus Kelvin Gastelum. A good first fight for the pay-per-view card. Cerrone looks great at 170, but Gaslam's been a great, a good fighter, tough fighter. He's pulled upsets. He's won when he was favorited. He had some weight issues, but outside of that, outside of you know bad weight cuts and coming to the fight kind of out of shape, he's looked good in all his other fights. So that's going to be a good one. Cerrone, if he keeps rolling, he's in line for a title shot soon. He's going to shoot up the rankings at welterweight. Then we have middleweight contender Chris Weidman versus Yoel Romero. We'll see what happens uh, in that division because with Bisping taking on Hendo, and there's no way Hendo deserves a title shot. That's what is really crazy. It kind of holds up everyone else. So we don't know if Rockhold is the next guy to get the fight or is this a number one contender's fight between Wyman and Romero. It's so up in the air because both Jacare and Rockhold and Wyman Romero are top five matchups. It's like the what? The one and three guy going against each other, the two and four guy going against each other. 
So it's hard to tell who's going to get the next shot. It might come down to who's just more impressive. And Weidman has been on the shelf for a while. And I, I think he's ready and itching to get back to show the guy that he was. To show that, you know, Rockhold, Styles make fights. Rockhold can beat him, but not many other people can. And versus Romero, this is a great, great matchup. And then coming through, we have three title fights to close it out. Joanna, champion, versus Carolina. Polish versus Polish. These women can throw hands. It's a kickboxing match, relatively. It's going to be amazing. There's no groundwork here. We're going to see two of the best strikers in the UFC. Not female strikers. Strikers overall in the UFC go at it. As a matter of fact, I say, looking at these three title fights, we probably have four of the top eight strikers in the UFC in these three title fights. With Joanna, Carolina, uh, Wonderboy, and Conor McGregor. And it's hard to argue. Moving on from that, we have Tyrone Woodley versus Steven Thompson. Woodley's coming out to prove that the Robbie Lawler fight was just one of many title defenses, that this is the guy that he is. I've also seen Woodley be rocked before and get KO'd ugly. Uh, if you don't remember that, the UFC Twitter page has been tweeting it out, and Woodley took offense to that. Like, yo, how are you putting your champion on blast? Like, I'm the champion. Why are you showing me get KO'd in promoing a fight? So that's funny. Uh, Wonder Boy obviously had the crowd behind him. New York loves Wonder Boy. It's hard to stand on the feet with this guy. If, if Woodley has a chance, he has to take him down in every round and keep him on the ground. Because Wonder Boy on the feet, not many can match him, especially at welterweight. And then the championship fight. Eddie Alvarez versus Conor McGregor. Biggest stage Eddie Alvarez has ever been on. He's going from 0 to 100 real quick. And, you know, he just hopes that he's on the right side of this fight. You don't want to... Philly's been taking a lot of L's, man. Come on. We talk hip-hop on this show. Meek Mill took L's to Drake. Can't let another foreigner come in and give a Philly dude an L. And then we saw Beanie Siegel this past week. We, didn't, we haven't talked about it. But Beanie Siegel went off on Meek Mill, and he sided with Drake. And then two weeks ago, he was on Meek Mill's side. And then the game completely ripped both of them in a nasty diss track. Uh, in which I love that Ooh song, by the way. That's my guilty pleasure right now. The young M.A., the ooh, it's killing it right now. Uh, I know it's not great lyrically. It is what it is. My guilty pleasure. Every now and then, I don't care about you know double entendres and all that. Sometimes I just need to hear ridiculous music that makes no sense. And that ooh song is killing it. And I'm still waiting to catch someone named Stephanie so I can just walk up and be like, Hefany, and just wild out and hit my Bernie or something. Uh, <laughs> completely off on a different tangent. Alvarez versus Connor. Um, striker versus kind of just a, a scrappy brawler. Alvarez, I'm not sure if his wrestling matches up to that of like a Chad Mendez, even at a higher weight. I don't think he's as good of a wrestler. So Connor's seen better wrestling. I don't know if his striking is as good as Nate Diaz's. It's not, the reach isn't there. The things that Connor had troubles with aren't there anymore. It's a guy who's smaller than him. It's a, another guy Connor has the reach over. And we've seen Connor do well against these people. You look at Dustin Poirier, who Michael Johnson, the aforementioned that we talked about earlier, just took out in a fight. Poirier was running through the lightweight division, showing his skills off, and Conor made easy work of him because Conor uses that length and that reach. When someone's bigger than him, he has a little bit of a, a challenge. So it's going to be an interesting matchup. It's going to be tough for Eddie to hold on to belt, in my opinion, but you never count the champion out. We haven't seen Connor at this weight, so he doesn't earn the benefit of the doubt in many's mind. The Dana White also, talking, bringing it back to Dana, said that Connor will drop one of the belts after. Obviously, he's going to drop the lighter belt so he doesn't have to cut weight. And he said that Connor's going to make a big announcement. He said, to quote him, he said, it's out of left field. I don't want, listen, I don't want to be that guy. But doesn't this sound like a Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather setup for May? I don't, I don't want to see it. I, it, uh, it pains me that it had to come out of my mouth. But if Conor wins two titles and gives up one, is there any bigger setup for a Mayweather fight? I, I don't think so. I think the time would be then to pull the trigger and fight Mayweather in Vegas in May. 
in boxing and you take an L if you want, come back and you're still a champion. Um, I hope it's not true. I, I really do. But I can't think of any other huge announcement that they would have outside of that. Uh, it, it's kind of crazy to think about, but we'll have to wait and see. And that's probably only if Connor wins. So we have to, you know, I guess root for Alvarez if you don't want to see a possible Connor fight with Mayweather. If you've been one of the people campaigning against that, don't let Connor guard these two titles because then shit's really going to hit the fan. Moving on from 205, uh, we saw Cyborg pummel a girl. Sad for that girl. No one's in the league of Cyborg. Ronda allegedly is now saying she wants the Cyborg fight. She don't want that noise. She comes back. She gets an immediate title match. She needs to do that first and make sure she doesn't have, uh, you know, like PTSD from her last fight. Because getting your jaw broken and not being able to eat an apple and sitting out a year coming back to fight a cyborg is the wrong move. It, it just is. And her camp should be telling her that. Her, her bae should be telling her that. If anyone knows about getting knocked out two times in a row, it's Travis Brown. Tell your bae, nah, 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 that ain't the way to go. You fight someone else and make sure you still got it. Because Cyborg is going to wreck you. He has plenty of experience lately getting knocked out. He should be her little, uh, the angel on her shoulder, the, the conscience that pops up and be like, ah, you really don't want that one. So Cyborg, I, I don't know where she goes from here. I was campaigning all last week that we need a 145-pound title for the women. It's time. You know what? You created a title and a division around Ronda Rousey. If you build it, they will come. And they did. And the now 135 is passing the title around like hot potato. Because everyone is good at something, but styles make fights. And on any given night, anyone can win. And that's what you want for any division. Competition at the top. And no one's clamoring for you know them to get rid of the 115-pound weight class because Joanna's wrecking people. If she gets rid of Carolina, there's no one else. Like, who, who else is she have to wreck? Karate Hottie coming up. Rose might get a shot. Paige Van Zandt in three years. What is she going to do? So you're going to create 125 so she can go up and have some challenges? No, create 145 for Cyborg. Let some of the women from 135 who don't think they're contenders at 135 move up and challenge for that title. Maybe they get a lucky win. Maybe they holly home Cyborg. Unlikely, but maybe. And they probably get a faster title shot there than they would at 135. And then cultivate talent and bring it in and develop the 145 division so in two to three years, it's legit across the board. Bring in some of the judokas from the Olympics. Bring in boxers. These are things that they can do to build up that division. It's time for a belt. Cyborg no longer should no longer cut weight and be a sideshow. Those weight cuts are brutal. Seeing her cry and how drained she looked and the last time having to lose 23 pounds in four days, five days, is one is not healthy. And if the UFC is about health and promoting, you know, and bringing in USADA and safety and drug testing and everything, don't let this woman cut 23 pounds in four days. That's just not healthy. Let her cut to a comfortable weight. Let her cut to the size she's always been fighting in. Give her a belt and let everyone catch her. So that's my little piece. And that's my take on that uh, specific division and cyborg. Coming up this weekend, I believe we have a card. And we do. Uh, I got to find out who's headlining it. Like I told you, I'm just completely off the cuff for this weekend. I'll look it up right now. But the UFC has a million cards going on. I feel like every weekend, it's something right now. Uh, it's so much, so much to keep up with. And my mind is just completely cluttered with, okay, Connor, 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 Connor. Right? Like, it's hard to put Connor anywhere and not expect people to just think Connor, 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 Connor. Uh, okay, this week we have UFC Fight Night Portland. John Lineker versus John Dodson. Great matchup. Dodson has looked so much better moving up to 145. His speed is there. His hands are there. But Lineker is no joke. Lineker could be a guy who challenges for the title if Conor ever goes back down or if they give up the title 
and, you know, let Aldo be permanent champion or whoever it may be. Uh, we also have Brooks versus Oliveira. This is a bigger test for Will Brooks. Will Brooks has to show that he's more than just a grind it out, take it to decision, you know, really the black equivalent of GSP, which is what he was before he came over, which is what he was in Bellator and everyone criticized him for. He has to have something, some flares, something so he shoots up the charts in the UFC. And this is his weekend to show it. So two good fights this weekend, a really good card underneath it. Make sure you guys watch that. Talking and touching on Jose Aldo, he threatened to retire. He wants to be released from his UFC contract. He wants to fight elsewhere because Connor is not coming back down. He feels lied to. Him and his camp and his manager has been going after Dana White in the UFC. He said they'll go as far as taking him to court to get the release going. I'm not sure what Jose Aldo expects. You had this guy on a silver platter. You pulled out of a fight. You pulled out of every other fight for the past four years, so you can't stay healthy. Yet you want them to make you the just the de facto champion. It's bad enough that you complained enough to get an interim belt. Fine. When Connor just defended it, Jose Aldo won an interim belt when the belt was defended six months prior. Where do they do that at? Like that that's not part of the game. So they gave him an interim belt. Like, here, shut up. Go away, my man. Just let, let us do us. Let us make some money. And then now he's complaining again. Okay, you beat Frankie Edgar. Good win. But the guy who flattened you in 13 seconds wants a new challenge and a new belt. So you got to wait. Defend the interim again. Just be interim champion for a year. Henan Burrell was interim champion forever until he finally got the belt. And, and it was just, okay, Henan, this is yours. I believe he defended the interim twice over a course of like a year. So Jose Aldo, just defend the interim again. Because the guy KO'd you in 13 seconds. He owes you nothing after that. He snatched your soul. He snatched the soul of the towel boy in the crowd who was crying. Like he just saw Beyonce at a concert. That, that's what he looked like. When you make a man get the Beyonce beehive face... That's when it's real. That's when you know you really got knocked the hell out. So you got to wait. Or go ahead. Go to Bellator. Go to Rising. Go to whatever you want. Because, truth be told, Aldo by himself is in a draw for the UFC. He's a Fox Sports 1 main event. So they're not going to cater to the Fox Sports 1 main event guy when the pay-per-view guy is like, hey, I'm already doing a million buys pay-per-view, but if I have two titles, let's try to bump this up to two million. What if I'm a two... Two division champion, and I want to go take on GSP. What if I want to headline a card in Ireland for one of my belts? He could do whatever he wants at this point and still sell two million or one million pay per view. So you got to cater to that man and not whoever else in the division. Whatever, take it how you want. If it's disrespect to Max Holloway, to Frankie Edgar, to Jose Aldo, then so be it. But they don't draw like Connor does. And so far, none of them proved that they can beat Connor. Because if you can't beat Jose, you can't beat Connor. Max lost to Connor. Frankie never got the chance because he couldn't beat Jose and he was would have had the chance. It would have been him and Connor at MSG. Instead, he's fighting Jeremy Stevens for what I have to assume is a tenth of the paycheck. So Frankie messed that up. And then Jose Aldo got KO'd in 13 seconds. You're lucky the guy didn't even mention your name again. After the year-long buildup to end in 13 seconds. That was a joke. So I, I don't understand these guys, man. The UFC is about their money, first and foremost, and that's how it's going to be. Uh, now it's time for me to take a quick break, throw you guys to our survey. Make sure you guys fill out this survey for us. It really helps the show, helps us bring it to you guys for free, and we need that to get it out to the people. Remember, next week, Fan Appreciation Show. If I hit you up, I'm going to give you a time for this weekend. We are going to record. If I'm hungover there during that recording, it's because my it's my cousin's birthday. He's coming out from Arizona, and it is what it is. But we're going to record. I want to get five fans on the show this week. I, I want to pack it. The shows have been long anyway. You know what? I'm a packet full of you guys. We're going to talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. Jump around between all topics, and I can't wait for that. So make sure you guys hit me up if you really want to be on the show. But right now, listen to this quick survey, and I'll be right back. Listen up. Because we need help putting out the show that you love for free every week, giving it free to the people, now we know nobody likes filling out surveys, but we really need you to do it. 
It won't take you more than five minutes, and besides helping out the show, you'll be entered for a chance to win a $100 iTunes gift card. You know what I can do with $100 on iTunes? I'm living life large on iTunes with that, and you guys get that just for helping us out. We know some of you may have already done surveys like this in the past, but we really need you to log in and fill this thing out as accurately as possible. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, once we know more about you, we'll be able to deliver the show and the sponsors you dream about. Finding sponsors who are a good fit means we get to give you the deals and information the brands you care about while keeping this show free to enjoy every week. Free to enjoy every week. It means you don't have to pay to subscribe for nothing. All right. If you don't care about helping us and making the show better, do it for the chance to win a free iTunes or Amazon.com gift card. Right? You know, like, do it for free. Do it for the gifts. If there's not, you know, just think about it. If there's not that many of you doing it, there's a better chance to win. So please, do us this solid and go to thecornersurvey.com. Once again, that's thecornersurvey.com. Do that. Keep the lights on for us. Let us cater to what you need. You know, you can tell us what you like and what you don't like, and then we can keep it all funky and knock this thing out. I know the Corner Club got our back. You guys are going to fill out that survey. We're going to get more ads. We're going to be bringing you this for free for a long, long time. So shout out to y'all. All right, I am back. Thank you guys for checking out that survey. It means a lot to us. And since there's no boxing really this week, I'm just splitting up wrestling. And I want to talk about ROH pay-per-view card, which is happening which is happening on Friday when this podcast comes out. So my preview and predictions will kind of be old, but at least you guys know what we're talking about and what we felt about the pay-per-view before it happened. Next week, we'll do a little quick recap of it, and I'm sure you guys will have your opinions. But if you're not watching ROH, it's great right now. Um, They have it. Destination America, I believe, is the station that shows it. Their pay-per-views are online pay-per-views, so definitely check those out. It's a great brand right now. They have a lot of good wrestlers. I expect a lot of them to be in NXT in the coming years. Just like we saw a wave from TNA, in which we'll talk about TNA here in a second, go into NXT last year, and then we started to see the WWE and NXT really open up to the New Japan guys. And we'll start seeing an influx of ROH guys come over as well. And let's go through the card for tonight's pay-per-view. And it's pretty solid. We have... All Night Express versus Dalton Castle and Colt Cabana. Or excuse me, All Night Express versus Dalton Castle and Colt Cabana, which is an odd tag team, uh, but eccentric to say the least, versus War Machine versus Shane Taylor and Keith Lee for future ROH Tag Team Championship. So that means number one contenders match. Castle and Colt Cabana aren't going to win, even though Dalton Castle is amazing. I would love to see him get a push. He's a guy I can definitely see in NXT. If you haven't seen Dalton Castle, Google him, YouTube him. It's 2016. Come on now. And the best way I can explain it is he's the new age gold dust. He has peacock feathers and he has the boys who walk him out, which are hilarious. And in the middle of the match, he might just take a break on the turnbuckle and have the boys lift him up in the air just so you can see him spread his peacock feathers. Uh, He's one of the best things in ROH. And it's crazy that he's in the opening match. They really can't find a place for him. He's going to be bigger than whatever he's doing right now. Then we have Adam Page versus Kyle O'Reilly. Page has done way better than I thought he would. I always thought he was, you know, the lackey position. He's the one who would take the L's for the newly reformed Bullet Club with Adam Cole as the lead. And to me, he's put in quality matches since. They had a card out here in Vegas where he did pretty well. So Kyle O'Reilly will obviously go over. They love Red Dragon and both members of Red Dragon. But you can't sleep on Adam Page to deliver a quality match. Then we have Dragon Lee coming up versus Kai Matachi. That's kind of like a specialty. Like, ooh, look it. These guys never wrestle in the U.S. They're wrestling here type of card. I got to check them out. I haven't seen either of them wrestle very much. Uh, A lot of hype around the match, though. So I'm going to give it a fair shake. You know, I'm a fan of the Japanese style now. I'm not Andreas over the top with strong style where I want to watch, you know, Ishii just headbutt someone 30 times in a row. But I do appreciate strong style and what they're doing, so I'll check that out. Um, Jay Lethal versus Naito, who has evil in his corner. That's going to be a good match. It's not, you know, Jay Lethal lost the belt. So people are kind of looking at him like, okay, whatever. It's Lethal. And Bald Lethal is way better than Braided Lethal, by the way. 
Um, he cut a good promo on Naito, and people are going to care and want to watch this fight, which is the whole point of this thing, right? They want to care. They want to see something exciting, something we don't see all the time. And these crossover matches between ROH and New Japan are great, especially stateside, when people don't get to experience these wrestlers in person. Then we move on from that to ROH six-man tag championship tournament. We have ACH, Kushida, and Jay White versus the Briscoes and Toriano. ACH is one of the wrestlers I've really grown to like over this past year. I think next year there should definitely be a spot for him if he can make the Cruiserweight limit in the Cruiserweight Classic. Very similar to Cedric Alexander this year. I think ACH has the wrestling ability, the high-flying moves, and he just appeals to the crowd enough to get over and that people want to see him stick in the WWE's Cruiserweight division. So I don't have a dog in that fight. The Briscoes always show up. I, I know what spots they hit. You know, Jay is due for another singles run here in a second, in my opinion. But outside of that, I mean, it's just a filler match. Then we have the ROH Tag Team Champions ship match. The Addiction versus the Young Bucks versus the Motor City Machine Guns in Ladder War. I'm in. Right? Like, say no more. Ladder War sounds like TLC. And for the Young Bucks being known as Spot Monkeys and all that stuff, I can't wait to see Super Kicks through the ladder over the ladders, onto the ladders, what, whatever they can do. The Addiction, you know, it's two wrestlers who are good wrestlers, but kind of past their prime. They get another title run. I don't see how the Bucks don't take the belt off them. The, the Bucks are red hot. The Bullet Club is still moving forward. Still the top of, if you look, top of SmackDown right now, Bullet Club. Top of New Japan, Bullet Club. Top of ROH, Bullet Club. They're not slowing down at all as a faction, and it's three different promotions. So give these guys the belts. Uh, another team I hope to see in the WWE. Damn, I seem selfish, right? Like, I just want to see all these guys. We're talking about ROH, and I'm just talking about, hey, when are we going to see these guys, you know, on, on Sundays? When are we going to see these guys at WrestleMania? But it's what we're all thinking. Um, coming up, then we have ROH TV Championship, Bobby Fish versus Donovan Dijak. Excuse me, Dijak. Um, I'm not a fan of Red Dragon. Like, you guys listen to this show all the time. Red Dragon is one of my least favorite tag teams. So to see Bobby Fish with the championship, it's like, ho-hum, Dalton Castle needs the TV championship. It's the equivalent of the Intercontinental title. It's like, okay, this should be the next guy up. Let him see what he can do with it. Dalton Castle should be the man, no one else. And then, main event time, Adam Cole, Michael Elgin, I don't know, Big Mike Big Mike turns in quality matches. He had a good run in New Japan this summer in the G1 Climax. Uh, Adam Cole has been on a great run. Good Heel Adam Cole is great for business. He's a guy who can carry the title, Bullet Club. Adam Cole, baby. Uh, I don't know. It's lackluster to me, though, right? Like, the buildup is like, okay, whatever. Uh, I don't see Big Mike taking the belt off of him. We have to see how that goes. It'd be great to see just kind of the new people in ROH get get a shot in a, in a mix-up and maybe have these titles change hands at the top level to someone very unexpected. Uh, that's what they used to do before. They built up the young guys. And I just haven't seen someone climb the card here in two, three years. It's been two champions. We had Briscoe forever. We had Lethal forever. And then now we have Cole, and we might have Cole forever. And everyone who's, you know, ROH purist is like, everyone holds the title for a long time. Look at Joe. Look, look at CM Punk. Look at Steen. I know. But they lost it. They all had great adversaries. They all had great matches in between. And people who could take it off them, I just don't see that anymore. And I don't see that next guy. Who's the next guy to come up? Who's the next Steen? Steen had Generico. Like, Joe and Punk went at it all the time. Like to who's who's the next guy up? I, that's what I want to see. I want to see who that next star is. And I don't. I look at the roster. and It's like WWE is coming, NXT is coming to pillage you. Who's the next person you're build, building up? Because if not, you're gonna go by the way of TNA. Segway, segway, segway. Um, TNA is on the outs. I, I don't know if their next pay per view is even gonna be 
streamed on pay-per-view. If it does not, then they're in a world of hurt because they're breaching so many contracts in that regard. Uh, Dixie Carter's looking to sell it. So Needs a miracle to sell it to someone and keep it going. Paychecks have been late in the past. We all, if you haven't heard it, it's crazy um, with their history of you know not paying people or paying people super late. TNA's been a mess. We've seen a lot of their stars go to NXT just for a shot to maybe get to the WWE. Bobby Roode is killing it with his glorious thing. We have, uh, oh man, there's a new stable debuting in NXT soon, led by another former TNA uh, wrestler. It slips my mind offhand. We know what AJ Styles is doing. It's Samoa Joe. They're just bringing that TNA flair and attitude to the WWE product. And they fit in great. And they don't need much time. They don't need to develop. They've been on TV. They've cut angles. Um, they've you know booked their matches really well. They, they are veteran guys. They don't need to adjust to an American style. They know their American style. It's different than getting a guy from ROH or New Japan. So... My biggest thing is, is what if the WWE buys it out? Like, what if they do what they did to WCW? They buy their back catalog, which would be amazing on the network. I would just binge watch TNA uh, to see the days when Joe was champion, when Styles was champion. Oh, man, just some great matches in TNA. Angle days. I'd go back and watch all of that. There was a point where TNA was better than WWE main roster. Did, what, 2009, 2010? People were watching TNA over WWE. It's just a much better product. And oh, Austin Aries as well. I can't miss out on Austin. So it's just like, okay, do they buy them out and take the rest of the talent? Do they, you know, just assimilate Moose into the roster? Because before he was supposed to be on NXT anyway. Before, you know, some issues came up and he signed to TNA. Do they bring him over and say, okay, this is how we get Moose? Do they use the broken hardies broken matt hardy specifically jeff coming over the broken hardies as a tag team on the smackdown roster tomorrow would win the titles tomorrow the broken matt hardy character is amazing imagine broken matt hardy versus bray wyatt that's wrestlemania that's what they need that that alone is worth buying out dixie for whatever it's worth yo hey dixie take this 10 mil just be quiet Give me Broken Matt Hardy so Bray Wyatt can actually do something finally. Something meaningful. How dope would that be? And there's a ton of other talent still there. EC3 could come in. He's an NXT guy who left. They didn't know what to do with him. Built up a great character. Became TNA champion. And is ready to come back probably right to NXT and challenge for the belt. That kid has it. He is, in my mind, the next Randy Orton. Similar gimmick, similar build, everything. And so that's a guy you might want to bring back in. Just let him run around NXT, run wild, and then bring him up to the main roster. So much talent, worth buying it out, in my opinion. Um, And the wrestlers will know at least WWE's check clears. So they can't complain too much either. Uh, That's pretty much my quick recap of non-WWE wrestling, though. Like I said, there's not much boxing to talk about. So I'm going to take another quick break. Throw it to the sponsors. Make sure you guys support the sponsors. Put in the corner promo code when you get something. Make sure, you know, we're getting hooked up in this deal too. And when we come back, I'm going to talk WWE Wrestling. There was just a pay-per-view. So we have to review that. It was Night of Champions for the Raw brand. SmackDown pay-per-view coming up now. And we'll talk a little NXT as well. So stay tuned. Before we continue to talk more combat sports, we've got to give another thanks to Casper Mattresses. Casper Mattresses combine two technologies, springing latex foam and supportive memory foam to create an award-winning sleep surface. Have y'all ever slept on memory foam? It's like floating on air. It's that great. And this is how we get our sleep. So you guys make sure that you check it out. Casper Mattresses are made in the USA and have free shipping and returns to the US and Canada. Shout out to the Great North. You can buy your Casper mattress easy online, and it's completely risk-free. Look, dude, you spend like a third of your life sleeping, and Casper understands the importance of trying out a mattress before you commit. Look, so if you aren't satisfied with the Casper mattress, you got a 100-day period. Yeah, that's right, 100 days. You know, like, 100 days of sleeping, 
By, by about that time, I think I know if I like my mattress. So get a Casper mattress for $500 for a twin or $950 for a king size. And you can save an additional $50 towards your Casper mattress by going to casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner. Promo code the corner to save $50 towards your Casper purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Look, again, man, I like to sleep and these things are for real. All right, we're back for the last segment, more pro wrestling. Thank you guys for sticking it out with me. It's been a great show, great talking to you guys. I know you guys love uh, hearing Andreas here battle back and forth in those goddamn it Kel moments, and I'm sure there's been a couple in this show, but uh, it's up to you guys to tell me, not him this week. So let's talk about WWE before we get out of here. I hear a lot of people saying the brand split is wearing thin, and to me... I'm okay with it still. It's not annoying me. It could be better, sure. But so could the WWE pre-brand split. So it's not like the brand split is ruining anything for me. It's just, it's there. And I like SmackDown. I could watch SmackDown every week. I look forward to Tuesdays. The product is cool. The matchups are great. AJ Styles is champion is really good. John Cena returning, uh, you know, on part-time basis. But when he's here... He still works very well. Ambrose is kind of lost in the shuffle, but that's fine. Uh, the Miz Ziggler is about to come to an end with their feud coming up. SmackDown to me, Becky Lynch doing her thing, about to defend her title for the first time against Alexa Bliss, who's really come on strong. She's really benefited how people should from a brand split. It showed her character. It showed that, you know what, she can be on par at least it's someone who challenges for titles. She's believable in that sense. So I, I'm not mad at that at all. Um, man, it's it's been a great time for SmackDown so far. I just wish they had the Cruiserweights on there. That'd be a huge, huge pickup for them. Because right now I feel like the Cruiserweights, they get decent time on Monday Night Raw. And I understand it's a three-hour show. But they don't get the run they really should. That That's my only gripe. Like, they could be getting a lot more. And I don't know, TJ Perkins is a great champion, but sooner or later, you have to give other people matches to build up contenders. And how do you do that? Do you have enough time? Do the women still get enough time? Because right now, Nia Jax is still just doing squash matches. And sooner or later, she has to be in a meaningful feud if you want her to challenge for a title. Um, who else is there? I mean, there's four women, maybe. Bailey staying in the mix, but what happens when Bailey falls out of his triple threat angle? Does she get enough time on Raw? They're splitting themselves so thin. There's still way too much talking between Stephanie and Mick Foley. Just, you know what? Opening segment, wrestle for two and a half hours, closing segment, main, main event match. I don't need anything else besides that. And that's what the network does so well that still we really don't understand on television and on Raw specifically. There's not enough wrestling. If we're going to watch three hours of something, make sure we're watching three hours of quality wrestling. Not an hour and a half of talking, an hour and a half of wrestling. That's not what we're here for. So let's go down and review Night of Champions while we're talking about Raw and the kind of their mix-up. Nia Jax had her first real match, which was still kind of a squash match. Uh, Alicia Fox got some offense in, but it wasn't enough. Nia Jax crushes her, and she uses the Samoan drop as the finisher. She has like a million finishing moves. Samoan drop shouldn't be one. The powerbomb needs to come back. She has to show her brute strength. She has to separate herself, because like we see in NXT with Ember Moon, a great finisher that no other woman can do will separate you real quick and make you a fan favorite. So Nia Jax has to show off that powerbomb and stick to it. Real quick before we go down the list some more, how happy are we that in NXT, Hideo Tommy is using the GTS? It's his move. CM Punk has moved on. He got waxed in the UFC. Leave it alone. Let Tommy use it. Nakamura uses the running knee. 
No need to have Atami use that shit anymore. It could be a good setup, but the go to sleep is what Atami needs to use every single time. So nice to see that. And shout out to him teaming with Kota Ibushi for the Dusty Rhodes Classic. That should lead to something really cool. Hopefully this means Ibushi has signed with the WWE, at least NXT here, so he can learn the language and he can build his star power off of the CWC. Moving forward, we had the New Day versus Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. The New Day worked heel in this match versus heels and stole it with an Xavier Woods interference. So it's weird now to see it, New Day as tweeners, I guess. Um, it makes me think that Anderson and Gallows aren't going to take the straps off of them, that it's just not going to happen. The New Day are going to go on to break the demolitions record and them working heel in these matches against the heel tag team means that they can make that switch when necessary so that Enzo and Cass can get the next push and maybe they're the ones that take the title off of the New Day. Because Gallows and Anderson, in my mind, were big enough and you want to, you know, build them up as bruisers and everything. But without the club, I don't think they see the value in them as champions. So once that angle went out the window and Finn got hurt and AJ got split to SmackDown, it's kind of like, oh, what do we do with these guys? Well, they're kind of funny, but kind of not. So we're going to make them into big bullies. And they never win, though. It's like the Wyatts. And, you know, I'm a huge fan of Bray. But if he doesn't win, he's not really scary. So that's what we see here. I don't. The more and more I see the New Day interfere again to win, the less and less I think that we're going to see them drop the belts to Anderson and Gallows. And I think the New Days work themselves back into a true heel role when they face Enzo and Cass. As heel as they can be because they're super over with bootios and whatnot. Uh, we have TJ Perkins versus Brian Kendrick. In the next match, that was an okay match. I, I thought it was dope. There was a couple spots I was like, wow. TJ Perkins, her and Karana from the inside over the top rope onto the outside was dope. It was a little, uh, it wasn't fluid, but it's a spot we really don't see. And that's what cruiserweights are there for. Bring us these spots and these athletic moves that no one else can deliver. Show us something different. And that's what I wanted to see, and it was great. Kendrick worked heel. Went for the handshake after, and then headbutted uh, TJ Perkins to really carry this on. Maybe another month. Maybe they get into a three-way match. I don't know. It, Brian Kendrick, once again, from being in the WWE before, understands the style, understands how to build a character, understands how to work his character in and outside of a match. And that's something that these other cruiserweights have to develop. So he's the perfect person to get the first title shot without taking the belt off of TJ Perkins. Who has a dope intro, by the way? The video game, like music and montage, so fire right there. Uh, Filipino pride right there for him. Um, next, we see a no contest contest match between Sheamus and Cesaro for the best of seven. These guys probably had the match of the night, but no ending due to it being stopped for injury. So the best of seven culminated in no one losing. Either, I know WWE minds and booking probably thought, okay, we're going to keep both of these guys strong. But really, you just made both of these guys weak. We want to see Cesaro come back like Cleveland against Golden State. We want to make fun of Sheamus. And he looks stupid. And how could you drop a 3-0 lead? And it kind of was just like, womp, womp, womp. So we saw good moves, though. We saw Cesaro, you know, land the 619. Like, he's doing moves that's not even in his catalog. He's just like, you know what? I can do everything. So... Every match, I'm just pull out something different. Let me pull out a finisher from a cruiserweight. Just because. Just because I can do it and I'm athletic. So Cesaro continues to prove that he can deliver in the ring every single time. Next up, we have Chris Jericho versus Sami Zayn. That was a good match. Back and forth, near falls. Sami Zayn really showed out. Chris, oh man, Jericho did really well. Um, It's just... I, I, I'm not sure... Why Chris Jericho continues to win these matches. I Can anyone explain this to me? Like, please, hit me up on Twitter. Why does old man Jericho need to win? But Bray Wyatt can't get a win. Apollo Crews can't get on television. But Chris Jericho, who's established, who is an amazing wrestler, 
who is now kind of a botch artist every now and then, but still has good ring psychology and can carry people through a match, and he gets paired with some of the best indie talent, so they're making him look great. He's had some of the best booking talent against him this year. So his matches have been clutch because of the people they put him in against. But still, why does he have to win this? Why did he have to beat AJ Styles at Mania? Why does he have to win this one now? I, I never understand it. You don't need to make Jericho strong. Jericho is Jericho. But Sami Zayn needed a win. He was barely on the last pay-per-view. Now he finally gets on it. And he loses? I, I'll never understand it. Sami Zayn needs the mask. Just if just like the Sombra in NXT. Have him lose until he's fed up with this. I can't take this shit no more. And then puts the mask back on. Um, next match, Charlotte versus Sasha Banks and Bayley. It was good. Not as good as any of their NXT matches. It was kind of weird pacing to begin with. Uh, you know, Sasha Banks does her spot where she, it looks like she almost dies. Uh, there's the normal, same old, same old. And Charlotte retains the title. Uh, too much Dana Brooke interference as well. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm over the feud. Either Charlotte's going to go on and she's going to fight like someone like Paige or feud with someone new. Dana Brooke even. I, I don't know. Or Sasha takes the belt and goes on and maybe she feuds with a Paige while Dana Brooke and Charlotte figure that stuff out. Something has to be done. I'm tired of the same narrative. It's been five months. Uh, Roman Reigns versus Rusev in the next match. These two have really good chemistry together. Roman Reigns and Rusev put on a couple of good matches since uh, they've started this feud. And this one finally culminated in Roman Reigns taking the belt off of Rusev. This is what should have been done originally. Don't rush Roman Reigns into the main event. Give him a secondary belt to defend, to grow his character, to be a champion under the radar. I hear less boos. Nope. The people who hated Roman Reigns before are indifferent and don't care about this. And the people who loved him still love him. And that's what you're supposed to do. And then you just win over one more person every day. Put on quality matches, cut quality promos, win over those fans who are indifferent. But you don't push him to the moon and make people hate him right away. Unless he's a heel, in which he's not. So, decent match by them. Uh, Reigns wins... We'll see. This is not the end of their feud, by any means. And then we have Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. KO pulls it out. I, I like it. KO should remain champion. Um, They could put on a better match, but it's the first one. It only goes up from here, right? You can't give out your entire bag of tricks right away. It's like the NBA dunk contest. You got to build up to it. If you start off with the Vince Carter, you know, arm in the rim right away, it's a, it's a tough act to follow. So you got to build up, build up, build up. And this is not a bad first match. People got used to their spots. They understand the move sets. The next one's going to feature a bunch of counters. We're going to see um, Owens go full out. We're going to see uh, Rollins do the same. Rollins got more of his offense in this fight than in a while. He got to show what makes him one of the best workers in the world when he's not injuring people. <laughs> Uh, but that recklessness is part of his character. He goes all out. He goes 100%. And sometimes when you go 100%, bad stuff happens. But it didn't happen this night. It led to a really good match. Um, if you would have told people, you know, Steen versus Black for the title you know, five years ago, they're like, oh, sign me up. Oh, that's going to be a feud in the WWE? I'm here. So that's all we're seeing now. So let it develop. Don't rush it. It's going to be great. Uh, and that's a good way to kick it off. So that's recapping the pay-per-view from last week. And, you know, SmackDown's coming up in two weeks. And they're having another pay-per-view. And that should be fun. And we'll see. The SmackDown brand, to me, is much better right now than a Raw brand. And uh, the draft kind of backfired on Raw. Brock Lesnar's never there. Roman Reigns, who was the guy at the time, is kind of puttered out. Their next pick was Finn Balor, who was injured. So you look at their top three picks, and they're all like, wah, wah, wah. Like, eh. We, we have a mid-card guy, a guy who never shows up and was just popped for steroids. And our other guy who's supposed to be the future and win the title is now on the shelf. And the guy who probably should have been drafted in the top five, Kevin Owens, is now carrying the company. So 
that's the way it breaks down for them. It'll be a decent pay-per-view coming up. Hopefully next week, we have you guys talk about it. You let me know what you like, which brand you like. Um, what do you think about the pay-per-views coming up? Everything. We can talk about anything. We can talk about the social protest that we touched on so much before in past episodes. We can talk about hip-hop, Kanye, and Drake coming out with an album. Uh, possible Chance and Kanye album. And Kanye and everybody and his mom's putting out stuff. <laughs> uh, like I touched on today, the Meek Mill and game beef um whatever you guys want to talk about man we're, we're here to talk this is your show thank you guys for joining me solo today uh, i don't really do this too much just you know the show solo aspect it's been a while since i've done a solo show since i was in kansas city on the radio i haven't had a solo show where i just get to talk to the people and and reach out so it was a great show i enjoyed it sorry that it's so late we're gonna get back to our normal wednesday thursday schedules here in a second but bear with us. A lot of stuff going on. It's going to pick up here in the next coming months. We're going to bring you all the boxing, pro wrestling, and MMA talk coming into those months. Until then, enjoy yourself. Enjoy all the Conor McGregor antics leading into UFC 205. And enjoy the podcast. I'm out. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.